Hello, you're listening to the Australian Writers' Centre podcast on writers and writing. My name's Valerie Koo and you can find us online at writerscentre.com.au. We're Australia's leading writing centre and you'll find a wealth of resources on our website and blog, including interviews with authors, writing tips and valuable ideas on how to get published and write with confidence. Whether you're interested in writing a novel, short story or articles for magazines, you'll find information and courses to help you get there. Or if you want to hone your business writing skills, we can help you too. Our presenters are the best in the industry. Our team is passionate about all things writing and in these podcasts, we'll be talking to best-selling authors on their craft. We hope you enjoy today's podcast. I'm talking today with Emma Hopkin, who is the Managing Director of Bloomsbury's Children's and Educational Publishing in the UK. Thanks for joining us, Emma. That's a pleasure. Um, now, I guess we could start at the beginning. Can you give us some background on how you ended up in publishing at all, and specifically children's publishing? Yes, well, I was, uh, when I was young, I uh, went travelling for a year, and while I was travelling, I um, decided the only thing I really liked doing was reading, and that was the moment I decided that publishing was for me. So when I came back from my travels, I uh, managed to get myself a job in publishing. And uh, since that day, I've worked for a few companies. I ended up with a wonderful marketing role at Macmillan, and I stayed at Macmillan for 15 years and went from the adult publishing list onto the children's publishing list um, and worked my way up through sales and marketing and became MD of the children's division. And then I joined Bloomsbury about two years ago. So I was very, very, been very lucky in my career and have a fabulous job. No, it sounds like a charming career. That's great. <laughs> I mean, how many people get to live out their dreams? That's wonderful. Yeah, exactly. So I guess you've seen a lot of changes in that time, mm-hmm. obviously. What, do you, what are the major changes you know, that you've seen in, I guess, however long you've been in there, what, 15, 20 years? Yeah. So, well, the biggest change, and this is, I am speaking from uh, a UK point of view here, um, but I think a lot of it reflects what's going on in Australia as well, is, um, is the sort of um, diminishing shop frontage on the high street for books. So um, when I started in publishing, we probably had three or four thriving chains which gradually bought each other up, and we're now left with really with Waterstones and with WH Smith, who on are sell books but aren't a book specialist. Um, so that's been a really big change. And obviously, online sales and the rise now of digital publishing is um, a massive change that the industry is going through at the moment. And that's by far the biggest, I think, that we'll see for a while, I hope. Yes, <laughs> or maybe well. not, who knows? <laughs> yes. You want to hope so. <laughs> uh, it's interesting you say that about the diminishing sort of, well, in your case, high street mm-hmm. frontage, but for us, I guess it's often malls and main mm-hmm. streets. Um, People argue that that means that there's not as much exposure, but the others will then counter-argue that Twitter and Facebook and those sort of channels will make up for that. Do you see that they compensate for the lack of, I guess, a physical presence for a bookstore? No, I don't think so. And I, I think it's that um, it gives you less opportunity to get more authors exposed. I think that's the that's what's happened. So... Back in the day, you had chains who were really good at breaking debut authors, or you had um, chains that were really good at building authors at a certain level in their career. And I think that opportunity has just shrunk. Um, 
to have it actually in front of people, people browsing who can actually purchase um, in an opportunistic way, I suppose. So I think, I mean, I think social media is absolutely fantastic for marketing books, um, but I don't think it's making up for that lack of exposure on the high street. Yeah, well, I guess people don't tend to browse over Twitter or... No. <laughs> and, I, and I suppose Amazon, I guess, the, the big bad wolf, I suppose, depending on your point of view, uh, would tend to give you that. Mm. If you've read this, you might want to read that, but I suppose no, not the same as staying in a bookstore, is it? A nice no, no. Bookstore. No. <laughs> Especially not for children's books, I think, because a lot of children's oh, yeah. books are illustrated. Um, and so you get to see the production values, you get to look at the beautiful artwork, and so that um, that leads to purchase, I think. Well, that, that I guess leads me into, into a question. Mm-hmm. Um, given that children's books are that visual and, and I guess tactile almost, yeah. because kids like to pick them up, they yeah. like to open them up, um, how do you find that works in terms of um, digital publishing then? Obviously things like YA and that mm-hmm. young adults are going very much into digital publishing, yeah. but children, how is that being affected given the type of books they are. Yeah. We, um, Bloomsbury, we are seeing our, our YA digital sales are growing and they are, I would say, about 85% of our digital sales are in that upper age bracket. Um, we're beginning to see some of our middle grade titles uh, move slightly, but not the sales aren't nearly as big as YA. And We're just um, launching at the moment some colour books with audio, professional audio recordings as well. And it will be interesting to see how those sell. And I think they'll sell well. I think a lot of young children are using devices, dare I say. And and I think uh, to to be able to read a children's book like that is really interesting. But I, 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 I think that the print book will remain. I don't think it will... So you can see them running in parallel, yeah. almost. Yeah. Yeah, which is, I think, what's happening in some ways with hardcovers mm-hmm. uh, suddenly coming back as almost a status yes. collector's yes. thing uh, allied with um, with the digital. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Do you find people are, are, are wanting to have these these books increasingly, say, on their iPad, or would you snuggle up in bed with your child to read a book <laughs> with your iPad next to you? Or do, do people I do that anecdotally? Or? I, yes, I, anecdotally, I think people are using their iPads with their children and I think a lot of people are very time poor and I think that that's an easy way to feel that you're reading with your child is to is to give them an iPad I'm very embarrassed but I used to send my daughter to sleep with audio books because um, I'd been reading all day at work so she went to bed listening to someone else reading the book instead of me (laughs) (laughs) but she seems okay Come out okay. The other She's coming out okay. <laughs> Good. Uh, yeah. Now, I guess um, given forgetting about the format for a second, what does Bloomsbury look for when they're selecting an author? What what are you what are, what are the sort of qualities you're looking for in the manuscript or the person even? Um, we're always looking for a really unique voice. I think that's the the one thing we always want is, and someone with a real a really good story to tell. So a really strong narrative, some really fabulous characters but a unique voice is what, we, what we're always looking for. We have a, a, on our list a really nice mix of um, award winning authors and more commercial authors but all of them um, have that really strong story going through them. 
I guess that would be even more critical these days when you're in a sort of a very frenetic online marketplace. You would need to be as distinctive as possible. I yeah. suppose it's even more important these days, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is mm. important. And um, it's also, um, I think it's not necessarily um, people write in genres, I suppose. So, um, but just standing out within that genre, and we do the whole range of fantasy, um, contemporary, romance, um, all sorts of books. Wow, quite a mix. Yes. Uh, now, we get asked all the time by authors, or aspiring authors, mm-hmm. what, a, um, what they should do better, or what they could do better when approaching a publisher. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, a lot of people do go through agents, but there are an awful lot of people, mm-hmm. I'm sure, who must approach you directly. Mm-hmm. What, I guess, are the biggest failings, so firstly, that you see where if an author does approach you, um, but what are the things you've seen done right? What are the sort of things where you go, that's, that's brilliant? Thanks we, for coming to us like that. <laughs> well, we, um, we actually have a policy at Bloomsbury that we don't look at unsolicited manuscripts. So we actually look at everything via agents. And we would far rather buy a completed manuscript than a synopsis and a few chapters. So we'd like to see the, enti- the book in its entirety so we can see how it finishes and if the narrative holds good for the entire book. Um, so that's what we prefer to see. We, um, yeah, we, I mean, we like working with authors and I think that's, that's why um, I truly believe that publishers will survive because I think we bring a lot to an author and help them shape um, our, my editorial team are, are truly expert in, their, in getting the best from an author and getting the best from their writing. Well, I think, that, I think there is a lot to be said about that because, mm. I mean, obviously, if you're locked in a room all the time writing, <laughs> you probably need an outside <laughs> opinion, don't you? Yes, yeah, and, a, and a, it leads to new ideas and newly creative um, thoughts. Um, yes, I think it works very well. And do you think it's a healthy scene at the moment creatively? Are people coming to you with amazing ideas? Is the next Harry Potter burbling away beneath the surface? Or? We always hope so. We always <laughs> hope so. Um, yeah, I think, there, I think there are an enormous amount of people writing at the moment. And I think um, you know, the Australian Writers' Centre success shows that. Um, so there's an awful lot going on. I think, um, again, back when I started, there were... Um, very few selective children's agents who looked after children's writers and now there are numerous agents representing numerous different voices um, and so we see an awful lot of submissions all the time and many of them are very very good. It must make the deciding what to take on very hard. <laughs> it is very hard but it's always it's really interesting um, when you're shaping a list because you need a balance of things on that list. So you need, and especially in children's, you're going from naught to 14, and you need books that will appeal to boys, books that will appeal to both funny ones, frightening ones, romantic ones. So you have this wonderful um, choice of books to choose, really. Mm, sounds like, that's, well, that's great. I mean, it sounds like people are really reaching out and coming up with some amazing ideas. Yeah, no, definitely. And self publishing, I guess, would be encouraging people who may not have thought of venturing that way to, to go ahead and try something new. Absolutely. And you're the beneficiaries, I guess, down the track. Absolutely. Do you get very much of your material from um, self-published efforts? Do you keep your eye on that as well? Obviously, yeah. as you said, you go by your agents. Yeah. But do you keep an eye on that if somebody does break out as a self-publisher? Yeah, we do. We keep an, we keep an eye on that very carefully. We actually have 
um, an author who is on our... Well, she's, we published her globally, but she was acquired from our US list, and um, her title was published, first of all, online um, and generated a great fan base, and that's where we... Um, yeah, that's why we acquired her. So um, we're definitely always looking at those self-published sites and looking out for interesting new projects. Right. Okay. Now, um, how active is Bloomsbury, I guess, across the digital space generally? How are you, have you got any major initiatives that you're launching or have launched recently that yes. where you feel like you're marking out your own territory? Yes. We, we, well, one um, new initiative that is incredibly new and hasn't quite launched yet is um, we're looking at an e-first list for young adult authors. So it's, a, it's an opportunity for people to be published digitally by Bloomsbury. And um, what we can offer is we are a truly global company, but we have local marketing. So we have local marketing in Australia, in America, and in the UK. So we are looking um, for submissions directly from writers for that particular list. So that's very exciting, and it's something that we've not tried before. Um, and anything that is successful on that list will go into print as well. So that gives people a really nice opportunity to get their books published. Um, we also have, we're launching some apps uh, this month, in fact, for the first time, which are to go with a range of activity books that we do. So those are really fun uh, for sort of uh, preschoolers. So we're looking forward to doing those and seeing how they sell and learning lessons. Digital publishing seems to be about experimentation and, and uh, just doing books at different prices, trying things out. Um, we very successfully last year um, published some small e-novellas alongside one of our um, major publications of last year, and those sold very strongly and helped the book perform really well as well. So all sorts of different things we're trying all the time. I saw a, a panel recently where they were talking about transmedia um, from a publishing point of view and the feeling was that those choose your own adventures and interactive adventures had limited potential. Mm -hmm. Now in your particular area though, do you think that that's, these are people who are not necessarily in the children's space, mm -hmm. I guess they're possibly talking about young adults, what do you think about that? Obviously you, it sounds to me like you're heading into that area but do you think people will, hand, will react to that well or is that throwback to you know the old choose your own adventures yeah. um i don't know i think that that um i think some people are doing some really interesting transmedia projects um where you combine the written printed book with gaming online and uh maybe even some animation and i think again it's just a time for experimentation i think um if you talk to a child of 10 nowadays, probably they spend most of their free time online gaming or YouTubing or Facebooking or you've never not meant to be on Facebook. Um, so, so I think um, they're certainly spending time there, and, um, but they will always stop to read. As, you know, reading is sort of holding its own. But it is, um, so I think it, combining them is interesting. Yeah, definitely. I think it's... Um, well, it's meeting your audience, I guess, where they are at the moment, mm, isn't it? Which is, yeah. Which is, which is sensible. Yeah. 
Yeah. Now, um, given that the publishing industry is changing, mm-hmm. obviously, quite remarkably, what advice would you give to an aspiring person who actually wants to join the publishing industry, much like you did? Oh, well... Like now, as opposed yeah, to, say, now. diving in 20 years ago? Yeah. Or <laughs> well, I think it's always a really good idea to have some work experience. And I know that that's... Um, you know, we have work experience people working every... Well, every week we have someone in with us who's... Um, learning what we do and finding out some more about the industry. So I think that that's completely invaluable. Um, And the more experience you can show you have in publishing and the more will make you more confident as well. And I think that that's a really good way to come in. Do you still think it's obviously in industries that people should, as you said, Mm. you you firmly believe it will survive, which Mm. is probably quite likely. Uh, is it still a sort of industry that will have the availability for people to, to get into it, or do you think it's is it going to be harder and harder? Oh no, I think definitely. I think I mean people. I, I think especially with digital publishing, I think young people are much more savvy on on that area, understand much quicker how things work. So I think there's absolutely room for new, fresh people coming in, and not only into the editorial teams, but I always one area of the publishing world that I always think is really interesting is the rights sales team and anyone who can speak a foreign language has a real opportunity of getting a job within the rights team who are the rights team sell translation of books and they get this fantastic opportunity to meet all of these foreign publishers they get to travel um, they get to understand the basis of all the contracts because they're selling rights so they need to understand all the production values and it's such a great grounding place to work so I would I always regretted that I never worked in the rights department ah. <laughs> that's one of my big regrets publishing so if you could go back you <laughs> if I could go back <laughs> I would go into the rights department without question duly noted okay <laughs> aspiring publishers um, now where do you see yourself in five years obviously with a lot going on mm-hmm. I mean admittedly you're at, at your old job for 15 mm-hmm. years yeah but do you I mean and I'm not trying to get you to commit to no, anything no, no. but where do you see yourself heading in five years is it would you see yourself uh, moving into another area mm-hmm. or is it, the, is it the kind of field you'd like to think because you're passionate about it I, I'm it's one of those that's a really interesting question I think and um, I've been very lucky in my career to have been managing director first of Macmillan Children's Books and now of Bloomsbury Children's Books and I um, I can't see myself not doing children's books at all because I do absolutely love it and I think it's a really I think because you are uh, publishing for children of such a wide age and of such different developmental stages that it's an incredibly creative um, business to be in and I, I, so I would be very surprised if I was not still MD of Blue Sweet Children's Books in five years' time. There you go, the job is safe. <laughs> <laughs> now, I guess to wrap up, what do you like to do when you're away from the job? I mean, uh, given, as you said before, you're reading all day, so you gave yes. your daughter audio books. Yes. What do you, do you find reading um, a challenge when you're at home, or is it something you dive into anyway? Well, I think it's quite interesting because um, I do, I read a lot of children's books, obviously, and so I rarely get to read adult books. And um, so that is a real pleasure and treat that happens now and again, because I get to read a really good adult book, and that's 
that's a really nice treat. But still, reading is still, I think, what I love most. Hmm. Yeah, definitely. Brilliant. Okay. Well, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. Yeah, that was brilliant. You've been listening to the team from the Australian Writers' Centre podcast on writers and writing. My name's Valerie Koo. You can find us online at writerscentre.com.au and discover details about our courses, seminars and popular online learning programs where we help students from all over the world. I'm author of the book Power Stories, the eight stories you must tell to build an epic business. And you can find out more on my personal website, ValerieKoo.com. That's Valerie, K-H-O-O.com. Thank you for listening.